From Hollywood, it's out of my mind. I'm Jay Douglas, and in episode 20, we're joining with hundreds of newspapers this weekend in celebrating comic strips, with another look at the past, present, and future of the comics with filmmaker Fred Schroeder and cartoonist Dave Kellett. It's another out-of-my-mind short story for baby boomers like you who are relentlessly curious about everything. If you're not a baby boomer, you can still listen to the program. All you have to do is read back editions of Little Abner and agree with your parents that nothing's changed. It's you, me, and Sadie Hawkins as episode 20 of Out of My Mind begins with a labor dispute. In 1945, a union dispute shut down New York City's daily newspapers for 17 days. The situation was so dire that then-Mayor Fiorello LaGuardia knew what he had to do and wasted no time taking action. He went on the radio and read the Sunday comics to millions of New Yorkers suffering from Dick Tracy withdrawal. The first thing I remember reading are like Sunday comics. That's filmmaker Fred Schroeder. And this is cartoonist Dave Kellett. Comics tend to catch you in the intimate moments of your life. The quiet moment in the morning when you're drinking coffee or eating your breakfast or taking a break from work or, you know, the the Sunday morning, uh, you know, uh, couch. These are the quiet, peaceful, joy-filled moments. And um, so there's a wonderful association that tends to happen with comics. And... um, and I think that has a lasting and impactful uh, uh, impression on your, on your brain and on your heart. Dave and Fred understand the hold comics have on us. They're the co-producers and co-directors of Stripped, a documentary about the decline of newspaper comic strips and the subsequent rise of comic strips on the Internet. It's a topic Fred says they more or less fell into. Originally, um, I wanted to make a documentary about art and artists' studios, p- artists working in their studios. I thought it was would be interesting to contrast how a painter works, how a sculptor works, and how a cartoonist works. Uh, and one of the first people I approached was uh, my friend Dave Kellett, who is a cartoonist I had known for years. And he said, you know, I think that's a great idea, but have you thought about just focusing on comics and comic strips? At the time, uh, newspapers were really taking a huge hit, you know, and that was the primary um, way that, you know, comics were transmitted to people was was the newspaper. And there was a feeling like if newspapers go away, where do comics go? And there, is there a chance for them to live somewhere beyond the uh, newspaper page? The short answer is yes. The Internet is a viable medium for bringing comics and their readers together. The long answer is yes, but there are going to be some changes. Dave Kellett. Charles Schultz existed because newspaper syndication worked as a business model. Robert Crumb existed because the Haight-Ashbury comics model of Northern California worked for him. It got him a living in the 60s and 70s. You know, and so, but if you tried to make uh, a a web cartoonist now work in the uh, alt-zine indie comics of Robert Crumb's era, they wouldn't do it. Or if you tried to have Charles Schultz working as a web cartoonist, he couldn't do it. So, like, every generation of, of art and every medium creates a different kind of artist. And so we're just having a different kind of artist emerge now. This different kind of artist is telling different kinds of stories than the ones we grew up on. According to Dave, that's a good thing, because the stories that still stir nostalgic feelings in us weren't all that creative. You know, in the 50s and 60s and 70s, you started to have this blanding of entertainment because you had to speak to the 80-year-old grandmother and the 10-year-old kid on the comics page. So what you end up getting is the same um, stranded-on-a-desert-island joke in The New Yorker every week 
or the same, oh, it's a kid and he's having trouble with his dog comic strip in the newspaper um, every week. And now you have these deeply personal stories which are which speak to hugely different audiences in a much more personal and impactful way than a guy stranded on a desert island comic could ever have done. So, and they're drawn better and they're technically more uh, 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 reproduced. And so all of that together produces a more powerful comics experience. So yeah, I think absolutely there's amazing stuff being produced right now. These personal stories are also coming from cartoonists with different personalities than the ones who drew our favorite comic strips. Newspaper syndicates gave cartoonists such as Charles Schultz an almost monastic environment in which they could concentrate on their art while the syndicates took care of promoting their work. The internet has changed all that. Artists have to speak up for themselves. And for some, that's not what they want to do. First Dave, and then Fred. For a lot of artists, just as a, as a personality thing, um, these are people who became cartoonists because they were the shyer, quieter people. In high school, they stayed at their drawing desk and they doodled and they didn't talk to the opposite sex. And they, you know, they were, you know, uh, introspective people. And so now they're being asked in their 30s, 40s, 50s, hey, turn on that charm and tell the world how great you are. And they're like, on a, on a basic level, they're saying, no, I don't want to do that. For for a certain amount of cartoonists, the business has changed enough where it's not the same business that they signed, signed up, up for. for basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a perfect way to say it. As artists need to become more social, their stories become more social as well. Again, Fred Schroeder. Maybe that's just the nature of uh, 20th, 21st century existence, is it's just more social. And so you're seeing people who, who I think enjoy interacting with people yeah. more being drawn to comics. The prime example would be someone like uh, Stefan Pastis, right? Who started, Pearls Before Swine, yeah. Yeah, Pearls, he does a strip called Pearls Before Swine. He started in the newspaper. He started, what What about the 90s? Yeah, late 90s. Late, let's say 98, 99. 98, like 99. So that was, it was pre-sort of digital, you know, uh, transmission of comics. There wasn't really a web comic presence mm-hmm. at that time. Um, and now... He's he's sort of transitioned where he he definitely has a newspaper presence, but he also has, you know, a digital presence at the same time. And I think he's been very um, uh, adroit at at balancing and having his feet in both places. The newspaper syndicates that insulated the cartoonists we grew up with also exerted great influence on the stories they told with the freedom to tell their own stories. Today's cartoonists are creating strips with unique characters, surprising story twists, and cultural references that make it seem as if the cartoonist is talking to you. Comics are imminently personal also because they are one of the last single author-driven mediums that we see in pop culture. Um, When you go to a film, that's the result of 100 to 300 people working on it. When you watch a TV show, that's the result of, you know, 70 to 250 people working on it. When you read a comic strip, you are reading Charles Schultz. You are reading Bill Waterson. You are reading Kathy Geisweit. You're not reading a, a, a consortium of people working on it. It's a single authorial voice speaking to you. And um, that's a very personal and intimate connection. Before you shove comic strips into that nostalgia drawer next to the Lionel trains and the pop beads... Remember, you can still find the newspaper comics you like and discover new ones by knowing where to look on the web. Dave and Fred have tips for sites to help you out. I've put them in the show notes, along with links to where you can watch Stripped, the comics documentary, and hear the world's best cartoonists talk about the art form they love and what happens to it as newspapers die. 
You can read the show notes by going to outofmymindpodcast.com, clicking on episode 20, and following the link to show notes. If you're listening on YouTube, click on the Read the Show Notes banner that will appear in a moment. And that draws to a close episode 20 of Out of My Mind. With the holiday shopping season about to start, unless you've been to Costco where it began in July, episode 21 revisits book suggestions and reading tips from the great booksellers at the Elliott Bay Book Company. It's another Out of My Mind short story, and we'll have one for you every week from now until the end of 2015. You can listen to it next Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern. We'll talk then. I'm Jay Douglas. Out of My Mind is produced by Penny Summers and is a production of the Theater of Your Mind, Incorporated, Hollywood, California.